The Theonauts, episode 40. The one where we love tacos but hate green beans. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theonaut heads. How's it going? <laughs> good. How are you, David? I'm good. I am David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. Theonauts. Yes, we are. Episode 40, the big 4 yeah. We're over the hill yeah. in uh, episodes. Yes, we are. That's you know, the number 40 in the Bible uh-huh. is symbolic for just a large expanse of time or whatever. Hmm. You know, it's like a... Or, or just a, just a, a huge block number. Really? Yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. know that. So basically you could say that we've been going on forever. Right, right. Gosh. Yeah. So like, you know, the, sometimes when the Bible says it's 40 days in the wilderness or 40 years or whatever. 40 days and 40 nights. It's usually just a, a round number they use. Yeah. So, you know, I think the wilderness time was actually 38 years if you add it all up or something. but Something like that. But yeah, forty is a nice round sure. Jewish number. So it's something like forty. Yes, that's my Jewish accent. You like that? Something. Like, it's a jazzy accent, but it's something like forty. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I can't even try. <laughs> How come you don't call your mom? Oh, no I goes Howard. <laughs> Howard. Ah, I'm smushing all over the place. Yeah. Smush, smushing. I don't, I don't know. That's oh, I could, man. All right. Anyways. How's everything going? Good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm starting the uh, journey to uh, a smaller me right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've been working out every day and eating awesome. like 1,500 awesome. calories and going to bed hungry pretty much. Yes. Which is not awesome. But I, you know what? It, it's going to be good because I really want to be fit for Haiti. So yeah, I'm all. Well, you'll get used. That. You'll get used to to the eating and the. I mean, sure. it's like just whatever you condition yourself to, right? You know, I mean, that's. I'm the same way. I got to get out of the tendency of like snacking and stuff in the evenings because that's one of the worst. Oh things, yeah, you know, definitely. But, but yeah, so getting geared up for the Haiti trip, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Yesterday I got so angry because okay, so I pulled out this Marie calendar pot pie and I was like, all right, I'm eating this. This is awesome. It says 400 calories in the box. No, uh-huh. it said 500 calories in the box. I'm like, that's a good meal. That'll be great. Flipped over, serving size, two servings. <laughs> After I ate it, oh, I'm like, yeah. that's half of my my calories for the day. Oh, wow. I hate you, Marie calendar. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sales gimmick, man. Yes, it's horrible. They should just make that, you know, one serving per container yeah. or, you know, whatever. Oh, Who that's... does that, really? Yeah. I mean, a candy bar. You get a candy bar and it's like, servings four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> I'm going to break this candy bar into four, four pieces? Parts. No. It's not going to happen. It's like, I'm just going to devour the thing. That's right, man. It's frustrating. Yeah. Oh, well. So that's what's happening with me. How about you? Oh, man. Let's see. I got um, 
Oh, I've been buying guns lately. Really? Yeah. So I'm armed. Stockpile it up I'm, for the Armageddon. I'm up in arms. Nice. <laughs> I know where I'm going when the zombie apocalypse yeah. happens. <laughs> no, we just been having some fun with uh, some pistols. My my me and my son. Yeah. And I bought Melanie a uh, a little. 22 semi-automatic oh no so, oh no and she and she's totally intimidated by firearms anyway she she's the one who kind of brought it all up you yeah. know because i was thinking oh okay well if i get you a gun i gotta get myself right a good pistol too so i went with a revolver what'd so you get i got a, it's a 357 magnum <laughs> uh, that'll put a hole in somebody <laughs> yeah um but you know you can fire 38 rounds through right. it as well and 38 yeah. plus p so uh those are cheaper, right. and they don't have as much punch. Right. But you can still, you know, target practice and stuff like that with 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 them. It's a little cheaper. Uh, Kevin got a um, a nine millimeter right. semi automatic Springfield. Springfield's yeah. really nice, really small, compact, good concealed yeah. carry weapon. And then of course Melanie got that little Taurus. Uh, it's a PT twenty two. Is it pink? And then, no, it's <laughs> little and black. But we're oh, gonna good. we're gonna paint the front sight pink. Oh yeah, so because it's black and she can't sure make it out real well, and yeah. so it needs to be it's more, needs to have a little pop. I think I'm buying my dad for his birthday. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I didn't just think about that when I was saying. Well, that. hang on there. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of a gun. That Don't you like, wish you knew? Yeah, he's yeah. been begging for this. He doesn't listen. For, uh, forget okay. him. He's been begging for a Glock 17. Oh yeah, which is the police issue uh-huh. gun. You know, yeah, I've, I've fired one of those before. He wants one so bad. So, so I think well, that's going to be his birthday present. Well, you know, out there behind the house. Yeah, you know, I've got. I'm out in the middle of the sticks, so I've I've got plenty of shooting. Right area out you there. A, you have your own home range. Oh, yeah, my own range. Yeah. So uh, last weekend I built a um, like a shooting table. Yeah. Out of some scrap lumber I had laying around. So we got us a little nice little target range set up, you know, with that's the table awesome. and all that stuff. So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, that's neat. Wow. Yeah. So and so we're getting ready for this trip to Haiti. Yes. Which I'm so stoked that you're coming. I'm that, I'm super excited too. That is going to be awesome. And we definitely have to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, we can need to record something. I mean, I'll have my phone with me. Yeah. So we'll record something that we can bring back to the show. Yeah. Because um, I want to get like your take on things. I want to get it's like. It's hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm thirsty. I have to go number two, but I don't want to be embarrassed by pressing <laughs> it down. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. That's something like that. So, but the, the team is, seems very excited. That, you know, there's 10 of us total. Yeah. That are official now. Right. And uh, I'm just getting all the logistics, you know, set yeah. and, and things that we're going to be doing with the orphanage. And we're going to be doing a food distribution to the shanty town. Yeah. And we're going to be teaching some English to some kids. And we're going to be playing soccer with some kids. And I mean, it, I can't wait. Man. Yeah. It's going to be um, going to be really, you know, spiritual time. Sure. So I think we'll really, really enjoy it. I do too. So Awesome. I have some news for you. All right. Well, let's do it. And now, the news. Actually, I kind of barely have any news. It was scraping the bottle barrel this week. Oh, yeah? Um, well, but, we're trying to cut our time down anyway. So. Right. So here we go. Really fast. Yeah. Get it over. Spit it out. No, Newsboys <laughs> news co-founder, uh, Richard Dawkins. Um, what? Ri- no, no, no. Not, not Richard Dawkins. That's not his name. <laughs> 
Newsboys co-founder George Perdikus. Because Richard Dawkins is an atheist. <laughs> right. Well, let me get there. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Newsboys co-founder George Perdikus has come out as saying that he is an atheist and his largest uh, influence is a guy by the name of Richard Dawkins. Oh. That he's had a big impact on his spiritual Yeah, because that guy is so influential. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's so... A nutcase, man. I know, seriously. And he's he's just angry. He's yes, an angry he's, little he, he is angry. He's angry at God. <laughs> but anyways, um, he says that pretty much uh, newsboys are a joke. He calls them a joke. He says the reason they were a Christian man to begin with is because they were practicing. And Peter Furler, who is was the co-founder, mm-hmm. um, actually, <clears throat> you know that none of the newsboys now are any of the original bandmates. They're, right, they're right. all different. Yeah, I knew that. Um, but anyways, he goes, when we started that thing, we wanted to be a rock and roll band, but because we were playing in Peter Furler's parents basement they wanted us to be a christian band so we became a christian band that's the whole reason we were and these guys are a bunch of fakes but my biggest problem with them is the whole god's not dead movie and yeah they've got the uh theme song <laughs> right to it. well he basically says that you know um he this is his his he's quoted saying recently the newsboys were featured in the movies god's not dead the movie demonstrates the pervasive attitude of christians the uh, demon they demonize everyone while giving a pass on their own particular brand of Christianity, making themselves look white, fluffy, white angels with perfect synchronized lives. Um, the truth is, from someone who knows what went went on then and what goes on now, the newsboys aren't as holy as they profess. Instead of wearing a mask of righteousness, they should acknowledge that they are struggling as much as everyone else. Which. Actually, well, that can be true for almost any Christian oh, organization. I, I know, absolutely. And even when they don't try to have the appearance of snow whitedness, it's going to be portrayed <laughs> on them, right? Right, because so, they call themselves Christians. Yeah, but I mean, if you were to talk to the newsboys and ask them, right, they would say, "No, it's not my righteousness; it's God's righteousness, Jesus's righteousness that covers me." Exactly. I mean, that's we know what their theology is going to be, right? And so, anyways, I just I thought that's kind of shocking for him to come out and just rail on them like that. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to in see what they answer if they answer at all. Well, and especially if the band members aren't even any of the same the guys that he completely did he started, yeah. then he can't really speak for yeah what how fake they are, et cetera, et cetera. The only guy that he might know is Michael Tate, who was DC Talk. DC Talk back in the day, they right. toured together all the time. Right. But other than that, I mean. He doesn't. I don't think he knows any of the. Other, he quit in 1990. <laughs> wow. And okay. Yeah. It's changed a little since then. Yeah. Just a tad. So, who knows? I do know that their front singer, their original front singer, struggled with uh, drug abuse mm-hmm. for the longest time and and had to quit because of that. But, anyways, it's just sad that people come out and rail against others like that. But uh, it's a picture of our, our world. Okay, the other thing I have, uh, I thought that was really funny, actually. Okay, so there's a couple new uh, movies coming out that are going to portray Jesus. Uh, uh, there's going to be a Last Phase in the Desert movie, and then Ben-Hur uh, is re-coming out. Right. Have a, a Jesus yeah, in that. yeah. So uh, with that, Relevant Magazine put together a top ten Jesuses in film in cinematic <laughs> history. <laughs> So I just thought it was hilarious. Okay, so let me ask you straight up. Who's your favorite Jesus? 
I'm going to say Jim Caviezel. Is he even on here? Jim, which one was that? Passion. The Passion of the, the Christ. The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah. he's number five. Oh, uh, okay. On here. They say that... Oh, uh, wait a second. Wait a second. Bruce um, Marciano. Is he on the list? Bruce Marciano. He's my favorite. Uh, um, he portrayed him in um, 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 kind of like a miniseries on Matthew. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's and it's like word for word, NIV. I mean, like... The the verse is on the corner of the screen during the entire oh, wow. thing. It's word for word the book of Matthew. And yeah, he's not on here. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, you have to check that out because it's like he is so endearing. Like he's he gives Jesus this fun like persona that he usually you don't see on him in, right. in movies. And like when he's doing the Sermon on the Mount and he's doing the whole uh log in the eye thing yeah. you know he's walking around stumbling acting like he's holding this big log in his face <laughs> <laughs> so he's like buddy jesus yeah 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 <laughs> that's awesome okay so they okay so what's what's their list number one uh selva Raz- razzlingam the gospel of john i've never heard of him uh but he, yes i've seen that he he looks ethnically he would yes he, he does. looks more like jesus than he and he actually comes from that and descent so. that that movie is by the same people that did matthew oh wow yeah it's the same they're number two you ready for this yes christian bale <laughs> what <laughs> i know well before he was Moses, before he was Batman, and only a little while after he was the Newsies cowboy, Christian Bale was Jesus and a made-for-TV offering Mary, Mother of Jesus. I did not know that. Yeah, you're going to have to go back and look at the pictures. It's great. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. An American psycho. Okay, anyways. Where is she? <laughs> this one's really funny. Number three, Diogo uh, Morgado. He's a actor-slash-model. And they, they go, undisputedly the most handsome Jesus on the list. Melgado brought many things to the role, emotional vulnerability, intellectual sincerity, and a dreamy smile. <laughs> <laughs> that one's best. But my favorite portrayal, and I could go through all these, but my favorite portrayal is uh, not even William Defoe. William Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite is Robert Powell. And I don't know if you know this guy. Jesus of Nazareth, 1977. This is the Jesus I grew up with because my parents watched this movie all the time. Uh, the Jesus of Nazareth, right, Nazareth right, movie. right. I just remember his eyes creeped the junk out of me, and that's what they focused on: crazy eyes. That's what they call it, <laughs> crazy-eyed Jesus. Yeah. Powell took the phrase "man of sorrows" to the absolute extreme, and his Jesus is without a doubt the most uh, humorless on the list. Look, we get it. It's a serious, dramatic role. No one expected the ministries to be high comedy, but these creepy, stoic eyes don't exactly say the joy of the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy but true fact, Powell literally only blinks once during the entire six-hour long movie. Wow. (laughs) And I didn't know that movie was that long. Six hours long, yeah. Yeah, wow. Ted Neely, Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) (laughs) anyways so it's great you ought to go on there relevant magazine check out their list of top 10 jesus's they're awesome anyways that's all i got cool theo trivia 
Welcome to <laughs> Theo Trivia. Thank you, thank you, thank you so okay. much. <clears throat> okay, it is your turn to go first. All right, um, right, let's go with, oh my goodness, New Testament. I'm feeling New Testament today. Yeah, okay. Who was beaten with rods three times, stoned once, shipwrecked three times, and whipped five times? <laughs> I'm not even going to play the music. <laughs> uh, let's see here. He got stoned? Yes. I'm joking. <laughs> was it Paul the Apostle? Yes! <laughs> Woo! He was so on the ball I today. am the champion. All right, uh, let's see. What do you want? You know, it just is how the... How it falls. Yeah. Um, let's go with. I'm going to try the history and geography one. Okay. In what country was James the Lesser or the Younger martyred? Where was he killed? That's not in the Bible, by the way. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. James the Lesser? James the Less. He was the less, you know, he was not as great as his other James counterpart. I'm having to think about this one. I mean, you really only got like, if you think about it, a couple places where he might have been. Three tops. I'm going to say Spain. No, it was Egypt. He died in Egypt. Ah, That's right. All right. One more. One more. Okay. Let's do, since I did New Testament, I'll do, you know what? I'll do history and geography too. That one seems hard. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to ask you that one. Hang on. Why not? Because, okay, I'll I'll do it. No, 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 no. If it's crap, give me another one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um. Well, this is definitely history. Let's see. All right. <clears throat> this is going to be uh, tough. You know, no. Yeah, we'll see how you do. Okay. In what year was the miracle six-day war between Israel and Egypt? Oh my goodness. Is it in the Old Testament? Oh no. I didn't think no, so. No, this is intertestamental period. No, no, this is much later. Really? Yes. This is like 1940s. Yes, it was when Jerusalem <laughs> won its independence, yes. or Israel won its independence. Oh my goodness. 1943. Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-seven. Ah, I was twenty years off. Twenty <laughs> some good, odd. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get uh, into the Old Testament. All right. Give me an Old Testament one. All right. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna shuffle around, and then I'm gonna pull this out, and it's gonna say, "Who said to his barren wife, why are you so downtrodden? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons?'" You really got the worst questions this time around. I don't even know this guy. <laughs> that really encourages me because I was going to say something that you would definitely know. 
Dude, yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Read the question again. Okay. <laughs> Who said to his barren wife, why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Well. I'll give you a hint. It's in First Samuel, but you're not going to get this. Oh. Okay, well, I'll trust you on that one then. Um... <laughs> David's General Abner. No. no. Who was it? Elkinan. Elkina. El, El, Elkina. Elkina. First Samuel 1. Elkina. I'm not even. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. Good for him. Sure. That's a. Where did you get these? <laughs> you never can tell what you're going to get. Man. No. It's like you, a box of chocolates. Seriously. So, are you ready to dive into this insane topic? I guess so. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> I know we, we 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 had to stop ourselves several times before we started recording. It's like, yeah. okay, we got to save this. Yeah, <laughs> this is good stuff. We don't need to talk over. It. Yeah. So, okay, the topic is raised this week. Um, God hates you. Yes. <laughs> so. With scriptures in the Bible, such as Psalms 5, Psalm 7, we'll get to those in a second, Yeah, which talk about God's hatred, how can we reconcile God's hatred versus God's love? So today on Theonauts, that's going to be our discussion, God's so, hatred. So this is going to be one that will probably be divisive Yes, a little bit, because there'll be people listening going, I don't believe that at all. Right, right. You've all heard the old saying, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. Right. Or God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. You've also heard it said that God hates the sinner. Yeah, all there these are, petitioners out here at the, right. uh, at the funeral home. Yeah, so where do they get <clears> that? <throat> what's, the, what's the basis of that? So let's look at some scripture to start out with that says that God hates us. <laughs> and let's just see where where we're going. Okay, so here. so Psalms five is that where you're going? Yeah, Psalm five. That's a that's a great one. What version you want? Um, whatever. I have the Holman, the ESV, the KJV. I imagine you have uh, the yeah. NCV. Uh, I'll read that. All right, NCV go. Okay, NCV um, go. Verse five, right? Yes. Those people who make fun of you cannot stand before you. You hate all those who do evil. You destroy liars. The Lord hates those who kill and trick others. Okay. So, I mean, there's really no getting around that, is it? It, it just comes right out and says it. It does. I'll he, read. He, he uh, hates you. Yeah. I'll read the uh, King James Version, which is the oldest one we got. And this is what it says. Right. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak. Leasing the Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. Okay? Yeah, you made your H silent, by the way. What did I say? <laughs> abhor. 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 <laughs> and for those of you who don't um, know. Don't be humble about it. <laughs> I won't be humble. Humble about it. A boar. For those of you who don't know, a boar is actually a poor. Is how do I even say it now? A boar is actually a stronger word than hate, usually in our, yeah, our English language. So. Because it means it's it's like um 
I don't know, something that is absolutely disgusting, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, I, you, there's no way getting around these verses. They say strictly that God hates all evildoers. Evil yep. It says that he abhors a man of bloodshed and treachery or uh, the bloody and deceitful man, okay? And those those words, hatest. Okay, hang on a second. Before... Before you get off on on too too much further on this, okay, let's jump over to Psalms fourteen, okay, and um, Psalms fourteen and the first few verses there. Sure. <clears throat> Fools say to themselves, "There is no God." Fools are evil and do terrible things, and there is no one who does anything good. The Lord looks looked down from heaven on all people to see if anyone understood, if anyone was looking to God for help, but all have turned away. Together, everyone has become evil. There is no one who does anything good, not even one. Okay, so if we're looking for a category to put yourself into tonight, <laughs> after reading that first <laughs> Psalm 5 and then jumping over to Psalm how do you reconcile 14, this, right? yeah. how do you reconcile this? The answer is you are an evildoer, mm-hmm. right? Because there's nobody. Uh, this is a parallel verse with, of course, Romans uh, chapter 3, where yes. it says there's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody he, he seeks quotes God. This, yeah. He quotes this right here. <clears throat> and uh, basically, Paul uses this verse as a point to say that, listen, Gentiles are evil mm-hmm. and and Jews are evil, mm-hmm. and everyone is evil. We are all, the Bible calls us uh, evildoers, okay? Now, the word, if we go back to Psalm 5, evil uh, in Psalm 5 means, sorry, I had it pulled up and then I had to jump over to your thing. <laughs> are you looking at the, uh, at the Greek? Yes. No, I'm looking at the Hebrew. I mean, sorry. We're, we're in the Old yes, Testament. Yes, I'm with you. <laughs> wow. Hey, okay. but it could be the Septuagint. Yeah, it could be. I wish I had that. Yeah. Pulled up. I could pull it um, thou hatest. The word is S-A-N-E, sane, okay? Um, to hate personally. It means enemy. It's used as enemy or foe mm-hmm. in the King James Version. Um, or in the in the Bible, it uses enemy or foe or to be hateful. Okay, uh, the word abhor uh, is to ab, t a a b, and it means to loathe, morally detest. Okay, mm. so I mean these are really really strong languages that the yeah. that the psalmist is using, <laughs> and I mean if you couple it with uh, with other scriptures, let's say um, Psalm seven eleven, God is angry with the wicked every day. Psalm twenty six five, I have hated the assembly of evildoers. The assembly of evildoers. That's everyone. Um, in fact, 14, t- 14 times of the first 50 Psalms, we see God hates people. Right. Um, yeah, and, and I'm just on Westboro Baptist homepage. Bring it on. <laughs> Westboro Baptist. <laughs> because they're, they, they really do trump this stuff, right. uh, these verses, about God hating things. Uh, Leviticus 23, tw- or 20 and 23, Leviticus 26 and 30, Deuteronomy 32 and 19, Psalms 5.5, 5, which we read, Psalms 5.6, Psalms 
uh, 10, 3, Psalms 11, 5, Psalms 53, 5, Psalms 73, 20, 78, 59, 106, 40. I mean, it goes on and on. There are lists and lists and lists of these passages that say things like uh, Psalm 78, 59. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel. Um, <laughs> and so anyway, it just continues to go on and on. Uh, ending up, of course, in Malachi 1, 3, I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Right. So you uh, you bring up Esau right there, um, which <clears throat> also uh, Paul brings up in Romans chapter 7. Um, uh, nine. Nine, I'm sorry, Romans yep. chapter 9, uh, where he quotes, um, who is it? Who's he quoting from there? Well, he's quoting Malachi there. Malachi. But only a little bit of it. Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. hated. There's no way around it. You look at it, and you go, well, that's that puts the stake in it. God does hate people, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and that, that seems to be the answer. But then you go, let's look at uh, some other verses. Um, you, you, we all know John 3.16. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish uh, um, but have eternal life. So you have that, right? For yeah. God so loved, who does he love? The world. The world. Now, wait a second. The world all throughout scripture is pictured as an enemy of God, of God mm-hmm. right? Um, then you have First John 4, 9. This is the love of God that he made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is the love of God, okay? Um, Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us, and while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Um First uh, John four sixteen. So we have come to know and to believe the love of God, love that God has for us. God is love, right? right. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides. In so him. there's no passage that really says, well, unless you look at the Jacob Esau one, but that says God loves you if you're a good guy, or God loves you if you if you're you know, a good Christian boy. No. <laughs> but he hates you otherwise. I mean, doesn't like label it like that. It's there's these all encompassing blanketing statements that right. he hates all this evil and and evil people. Right. But then it turns around and says, But God loved the world so much, which is talking about us, not necessarily the the world itself, but he loved us, right. the sinners in it, so much. So you have two sides of an argument. You have one that says that has all encompassing statements that say God hates evil doers, mm-hmm. right? And then you have the other side that says God. The the other scriptures that say God loves enemies of God, right? 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 So what do you? How do you reconcile this, David? Do you have any answers? <laughs> Not to throw you hey, under the bus or anything it, at all. It's your topic. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. Of course you are. Thanks, man. Thanks. So throw this big word at me that you were throwing around while ago. Okay. So there is this thing uh, that that uh, English majors will know, um, and I <laughs> forgot about it but until I read a little blurb on it. Um, <laughs> the word is metonymy. Metonymy. Okay. Uh, metonymy is a is a word that it kind of means figure of speech. 
Okay. So, so let me. So it is like a figure <clears throat> of speech. It is a figure of speech, basically. All right. Let me throw an example out there. Let's say that you're hanging out with your friends and you're talking about, uh, you're talking about music, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dude, I just hate Weezer. I can't stand Weezer. Weezer <laughs> sucks." Okay. Now. <laughs> That Say it ain't so. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has expressed you a hatred for Weezer. Right. <laughs> but let me ask you this. What is he talking about in that sentence, if you really break it down? Is he talking about the individual people no. in the band? He doesn't know those guys. Right. He can't hate them because he doesn't know them. In fact, he, <laughs> you know, they may be cool guys. He's not talking about them personally. What is he talking about? Their music. Their music. Right. The stuff that they have produced. The stuff that they've done. Okay, if somebody's hanging out and they're really intellectual and they're like, "I like Byron, but I hate Shakespeare," (laughs) right? What they're saying is, "I like the stuff that Byron has done, but I hate the stuff that Shakespeare's done." Now, I don't know Shakespeare personally. He might be a cool dude, but you know what? I just I hate his writings. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what metonymy means. And basically, whenever you use a proper name, right, to associate it with a people groups or something related to it or or another great example here in texas we all go and and you know you want a, a soft drink we'll go order hey give me a coke yeah well i don't carry coke i carry pepsi that's what i said give me a coke yeah give me a coke <laughs> there you go so i mean coke <laughs> it's not it's necessarily a- coca-cola Right. We kind of use it for It's a blanket of, statement that means that type of drink. Yeah, or Xerox this. Yes. You know, go make a copy of it. Right. Or right. Kleenex, crayons. Right. I mean, all of these things. Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these are these are things that, you know, if, if I said, give me a crayon and you handed me some off-brand Crayola, then... I'm good with that. Right. That's that's what you meant. So, but it was a um again, the word is metonymy or met, I, I can't say the other. No, that's not that's not right. Metonymy. Yeah. Um it's not metonymy. Met, metonymy. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a great example in scripture. Luke 16:29 Jesus is talking and he says uh, not Jesus. God is talking. He's using the. Uh, he's telling the story of the rich young man, a rich young ruler, not rich young ruler. Sorry, think Lazarus and the rich man. Okay, okay. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> you remember Lazarus uh, dies, he goes to heaven. Yeah, and then yeah. the rich man dies and goes to hell, and he goes or Hades, and he's burning. He's like, hey, just send you know send Lazarus back to tell my brothers about you know yeah what'll happen and 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 God says they have Moses and the prophets let them hear them yeah okay now think about that statement for, for a second do they really have Moses in the flesh and the prophets and all the prophets collectively all the prophets collectively in the flesh <laughs> well no, no they've been no. dead for hundreds of years right right what is he talking about? He's talking about the Torah and the Nevaim. Right, the Torah and the Nevaim, the, the words, the writings that these mm-hmm. prophets have laid down from uh, from time past. And so um, that is a great example yeah. of what we're doing well, here. Well, even, even we were talking about John 3.16, for God so loved the, the world. world. The world is an inanimate 
object that he right. created, uh, the passage is not referring to terra firma. It's referring to the people that in that live on in the world. Right. That's who he loved. Right. Even though the word actually says world. Right. And so, um, so how does this relate to hate? Well, let's take it again to Psalm five five, which is the most popular one of the proponents that God hates people. Okay. okay? And that's what we really want to look at. Does God actually hate people? Okay. Um, coming down to the core of a, of a person. Does God hate that person? Mm. So when he looks at an evildoer, well, Psalm 5, 5 says, God hates the evildoer. But what is, what is that saying there if we were to apply the law of metonymy here? That, that, he, that he hates the evildoer's evil doing. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And that's what that scripture means. Right. It means he hates the works of the evildoer. It does not say that he actually hates the person. Right. And but 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 hang on one second. That doesn't mean I mean what we're saying we're not saying is that wrath won't come upon this person. Right. Because wrath is tied to what God hates, which is what the guy's right. doing. And so Well, the Bible says that the wrath of God is poured out on poured out on all kinds of ungodliness. The point is this. Um what we really need to understand is number one, God does hate. Okay, people. Uh, I've heard people say, "Well, God is love," according to you know uh, James or whatever First John. Right. God is God is love. Right. So God is love. God can't hate. Well, wait a second. Hold on for a second. Think about the reality that that there will be a day of judgment, mm-hmm. right? And God abhors. He over and over in Scripture it says that He hates one thing more more than anything else. Sin. He cannot stand sin. He can't stand to look upon sin. Sin is disgusting to Him. He abhors it. He, which is by the way, what He calls us to do. Right. You know, in Romans, um, was it Romans twelve where it says, "Cleave to that which is good." Right. And abhor that which is evil. Right. And uh and and like in Romans seven when Paul is bemoaning the fact yeah. that he's got this flesh problem right. that he can't get rid of. Right. And he says, Oh wretched man that I am, right. He's saying, I hate this part of me. Right. This I the things I wanna do are the things I don't do. And the things that I need to be doing or the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. Right. And so he is 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 bemoaning this, but at the end of that passage, he comes to this reconciliation to say, but I can serve God with my mind. Yeah. And th- and that is the law of the spirit. Right. Whereas my flesh is going to continually obey the law of the flesh. flesh yeah. So uh so for one, Paul's telling us that okay, if God hates all evil doers once again he's telling us that would be he hates us right even after we have claimed christ right because we are still going to be doing evil from time to time even if we hate it yeah but and, and here's the here's here's the reality i mean god has to punish sin he has to hate enough to punish it right if he didn't have to punish sin then the cross Means nothing. Means nothing. It's pointless. It's His son out. died for nothing. The window, if, and and that's where 
make sure that we don't equate this to universalism. Right. We're not saying that God is going to universally just save everyone because his love is too great to punish them. Um, it, and, and because otherwise we end up writing Rob Bell books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the, 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 the point there is not, not that, um, that everyone is saved because of this, but that he loves us anyway. Well, and, there, and there's a big difference between between right. And the point is that he uh, he hates sin so much that he must punish it, but he loves us so much that he gave us a way out of it. Yeah, he and already punished it for us. Right, like from our perspective, right. if we claim Christ as our Savior, he has done that right well um okay so let's go back and we really need to research the nature of who god is all right don't understand this so we understand that god is completely holy he's perfect okay he's full of righteousness uh the scriptures say that that he is he is completely set apart from everything we are okay right. so therefore that's the reason he detests sin is because it's it it it, it's corruptible. It is not holy. It is not perfect. It is completely disgusting to him. But we need to understand the nature of man in order to really grasp this this uh, this understanding and, and connect it together. What is the nature of man? So let me ask you this. Whenever I say total depravity, <laughs> what comes to your mind? Does it mean... John Calvin. John Calvin. There you go. <laughs> Does it mean that we are completely and utterly depraved, that there is no part of us that is good at all? We are completely um, disgusting, that there's nothing worthwhile in us at all? The hyper-Calvinist would say that's exactly what it means. Right. But if that is the case, and God abhors anything that is unrighteous, mm-hmm. unworthy, uh, unperfect, why in the world does the Scripture say that he loved us while we were enemies, uh, I'll give you a, a couple, couple scriptures here. Romans five eight, God shows His love for us. Okay, so mm-hmm. God loves us in what way? In that while we were still sinners. Mm-hmm. Now a sinner, we've already proven a sinner is an enemy of God. God hates sin. Right. Okay, yet God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died, died for, for us. us. <laughs> but God demonstrates his own love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commendeth his love for us. Commendeth his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you cannot you cannot reconcile that if you believe that that uh, if you believe in a holy, righteous God that hates anything sinful mm-hmm. and then says that we are totally depraved and completely uh, withdrawn from sin. Do you see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Basically, so, what I'm saying is there's got to be something within us that 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 is worth the love. Gotcha. Well, and I think that what what is worth the love is the potential for love. So, like for example, I, I, this is this is me. There's not a passage that comes right out and says, and says this, but I, but I conclude based on everything about the gospel I can read 
that the point of the whole thing is for us to love God. Okay? So, like, when God created man, he started this whole big plan to get man to willingly love him. So, okay, he could have said, I want Adam and Eve to love me with everything and forced it on them. He could have just magically turned their hearts so that they would love him. Right. Okay? That's completely in his power to do. Sure. However, would that have been true love or would that have been you know, non-autonomous. Like they would not, they would have been automatons at that point right. and just doing what they were robotically programmed right. to do. But the, but where genuine love is something that is given freely. Yeah. And so how do you do that? Well, first off, you've got to make them or allow them to fall. Right. Allow them to follow. Have the choice. To, to have that, re- right. so that they can be reconciled right. with the gift of Christ. So right. that, that gift was there to show how much he loved us so that in turn we would love him. Right. So we have that potential for love, and I think that's what he loves about us. Right. The, the minute that, that Adam and Eve partook of, of the, the forbidden fruit and fell away, a great gap was formed between mankind and 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 God because of his hatred for sin. sin. But he knew that that was going to happen. Right. And he had to imagine how painful even that was. Right. You love these people so much, but you're going to allow them to partake of something that is going to separate them from you. Right. Possibly for eternity. And and so because I I really do believe that to me, this is where I get a little uh, cr- a crossways with some of the Calvinist beliefs. Sure, is because without that, without the ability to make that conscious decision to love Him, to me, it makes very little sense. The whole thing makes very little sense. Right. So I think that the whole thing is about Him trying to get us to love Him back. Right. Well, and this is uh this is where where I'm I'm trying to go with this is to think of it this way. Okay, so God's nature is perfect. Okay, whenever He creates us to begin with, and this is where I'm trying to. <clears throat> I see a a Calvinist pattern, but um, the better pattern that I, that I choose to go with, I think, um, is the restorationist pattern. Okay. Okay. What I mean by that is this. Um, restoration or reformation? Restoration. <laughs> restoring. Okay. Okay. What I mean by that is this. Um, God created us originally in, in our original state when, when, when Adam and Eve were first created in the Garden of Good or the Garden of Eden, not the Garden of Good and Evil. Wow. Wow. I'm with you. The Garden of Eden, he created them as perfect. Okay. They were 100% perfect. They were made good. In fact, God says this is good. Look right, at my creation. Right, right. It's, it's good. What happens when sinners enters the world is it jacks up whack everything. Okay. But the the whole uh the whole point of uh, the cross and God's love is to restore what was once Correct. Good. And that's as much as, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that we were reconciled right. to God. Reconciled this. to God. That's the reason why God still had love for us. In other words, there had to have been something 
in us, and it is it is God, but it's God created us for good. That's the love that God has for us is the fact that he created us for good to begin with. Even though we're still enemies, not walking walking around and sinning and not realizing what we were created for, which was for good for his good pleasure, for the good. And that's why God loves us so much that he wants to restore that good in us. Right. So the reason I brought up uh, total depravity, uh, the best analogy I have for that is this. We can either say that you're totally depraved, there's nothing in you that's good at all, period. You're disgusting, you're gross. There's nothing uh, worthwhile in you at all. And that's that would be the five-point Calvinist approach. Right. Or you could say that total depravity means this. It's like cancer. Um, you're born uh, into, let's say you're born into it, okay, which which we're born into sin. We're born with this disease. Yeah. Much like or AIDS cancer. would be a good one. AIDS would be a great yeah, one, yeah. So you're, you're born with it. You're born like, into AIDS. Does that mean that your whole body <clears throat> is, is worthless, pointless? No. No, it means that you have a disease, okay? Right, right. That means that you're depraved in some way. There's a, there's a part of you that is totally disgusting, depraved. Right. Um, and God hates it. He can't stand it. He destroys it. It's it's wrath to him. And if you don't get it cured, then you'll go down with the ship. Then you'll go down with the ship. But God loved you so much, loved you so much. It Sin is not a root in your life. Sin is a, I believe sin is a mar in your life that happened because of the fall. It wasn't what you were originally created for. Mm-hmm. We were originally created. We were made for so in him. We were made in his image. His image so, in right. his likeness, breathed in with the breath of God, bestowed with, you know, we were born sons and daughters of Christ. Yeah. The reason that we became uh, enemies of God is because uh, of the sin, the fall. Now. Well, because of Adam, because because of Adam, because now fault. we are still suffering. I mean, even a little right. child is going to be a sinner, have that sin in their life. They're going to lie to you the drop of a hat, right? You know, <laughs> so I mean, uh, so we have that inherent nature, and that's right. what the law of the sin, law of law, sin and law, death, tells us. Yeah. Law, yeah, law of the flesh that's mentioned there in in uh, Romans, Romans seven, seven yeah. but but. One of the things that, that we need to think about too is is about being the word that he went back to about uh, hating, being enemies. Yes, about being enemies with God. Right. <clears throat> but we, when Jesus taught us to love your enemies, yes, he is giving an example of 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 God. Right. However, the sometimes even someone we love has to be. Punished or whatever because of the sin that or right. the, the deeds that are there. In fact, Jesus tells us to, to love our enemies, and why is that? Because we want to become like sons of sons of yeah. God. Okay, so that means that God loves His enemies. So part of this, part of the reason why we're even talking about all this, yes, is is because when you get to the point to where you believe that God hates a certain person. Right. Or whatever, what does that do? There's a natural inclination for you that makes you hate hate them yeah. that person. Yeah. And if you're hating people, right. you cannot reach them. Right. You don't want to reach them. Right. Whenever I was a honestly, it, this is just me and me honest. And there may be Calvinist listeners out there. It's fine. Um, I was very Calvinistic, and I still hold to a lot of that Reformation 
theology. Yeah, and, and I don't discount it all. I don't but. either because it I think it's very scholarly. In fact, mm-hmm. this is this was when I I realized, you know, Calvinism is a really good system of theology. It, it makes sense, but it makes me a really bad Christian. Because what I'd end up right. doing is going, well, they're just reprobate. Yeah. And you they're know, not elect. They're not elect. And so <laughs> that's the reason. So just, you know, look at me. I, you know, I know this stuff. Like, right. I'm so special. You know? You know and that, that's the problem with that whole mentality. Is it leads to pride. Pride, which God the, hates right. pride. There you go. Malachi. <laughs> God, oh, he hates pride. And pride is everywhere yeah. in Christianity. I mean, sure. we have, to, it's crazy how much the New Testament talks against pride, but it right. seems to just keep creeping in. And that's one of the things that, why we bring this up is so, not that so that you can believe everyone's going to be saved. No, Please no, don't no, no, no. get that that's what we're saying. What we're saying is that God loves the sinner and hates the sin. Right. I mean, going back to the old saying, and that is a biblical. I believe it's biblical truth. Thing, and it's not. It's not just a slogan. I believe that it doesn't cheapen grace at all. I believe that it that is a truth. Now, God loves us so much that He provided a way for us to become uh, reconciled. Right, but if we do not choose, like I said, if we don't choose that that path, Jesus is the only path. And, and this is this is a whole new can of worms, right? But we we were talking about we need to do a theonauts on the unforgivable sin, right? What is the unforgivable sin? If you do not choose that path, if you don't choose believe in that, what is John? Uh, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You're taking that which is is holy, right, and and casting it. Well, away. let me let me just read John uh, John John chapter three. Uh, uh, let me pull it up here. John chapter three, verse thirty six. What does it say? Um, sorry, I have it right. Here. <laughs> I knew it was keep, there. Keep scrolling. Yeah, there we go. John chapter three thirty six says, "The one who believes in the Son has eternal life." The one who refuses to believe in the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. Right. The only way to forgiveness, the only so, way to this reconciliation. Wrath and hate are not the same thing. No. Wrath is wrath is the judgment of God poured right, out on right. all iniquity uh, because he hates sin. Right, right. And he, because of that, he so must punish sin. The sin is the object of the hate. The man is the object of the wrath. That's right. So That's right. And so when you look at what Christ did on Calvary, he took the wrath of God. Now, did God hate Jesus? Did God ever hate Jesus? No. Never. He, he never hated Jesus. Right. What did he do? He poured out his wrath on Jesus. Right. He rejected and, Jesus. And what is Nehemiah said that God cannot look upon right. sin, right? right? We have three hours of darkness yeah. in the middle of the day yeah. while Jesus is hanging on the cross. And, and it is my belief that that is because God turned away. Sure. God turned his face sure. from his own son right. because he became sin for us. Right. And so, therefore, if we're not repentant, if we don't turn and we don't believe in Jesus, we still we we're still found in our sins, lost. There's no forgiveness for us. We are not sons of God. We're still enemies of still God, still subject to wrath, and we're subject to His wrath, which is hell. 
Right. And, and I totally believe that with all my heart. So, um, but looking back at this, we see, uh, if you can really understand it, we see that even though it may seem like there's two sides, mm-hmm. two contradictions, the reality is very much the opposite. There's one side, and the reality is, is God loves the world, and he desires for the world to turn and repent and come to him. But he hates wrath, and he mu- or he hates sin, and he must punish sin with his wrath. Period. So that's uh, that's the where yeah. we came at. Does that make sense? Yes. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. And I know that uh, the uh, Westboro group is going to totally disagree with us. Sure. <laughs> well, I hope they hear it and bring it on, man. No, I'm joking. I don't want them around here. <laughs> there's only there's only a handful of them yeah. anyway. So, but yeah, sometimes their website has all kinds of uh, arguments against this stuff right. on it. But but I mean, okay, so you can't argue that God causes the rain to ri- or the the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and since the rains on the righteous and unrighteous alike, Matthew mm-hmm. five forty five, um, in order that you may the sons of your fathers in heaven, he love he tells us to be good to everyone and, and to love our neighbor. Um, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's clear in scripture that God loves, uh, everyone that, that he, he loves everyone, uh, but he must punish sin period. So, right. And I, and I think that, you know, Romans nine is probably the best passage for that. Uh, you know where it talks about um, for I've loved Jacob. Jacob of oh, loved. not sorry, not Romans nine. Um, <laughs> That's why I was going. No, 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 wait no, no. A second. We're we're just talking about that. That is it. Romans five. Yeah. Uh, that while we were sinners, right? He, this is his love. While this, we were still in the midst of sinning. This is his love. Right. This is how he commended it. Right. That while you were sinners, yeah, he gave his son for you. Yeah. And so that, to me, that is the answer to the question of does God hate people? Right. If because to say that that He would hate people themselves, and that verse would would not make any sense because I I got to look at myself. And my sins have got to be just as bad as somebody else's sins right. that I might could point a finger at and say, well, that person God hates. Right. Verse five ten. For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son. While we were His enemies, we were being reconciled. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's you cannot you can't get around that. Uh, we were given uh, life while we were His enemies. That right. means He loved us while we were His enemies. Period. <laughs> so that's all I gotcha. got for for this discussion. Awesome. Hopefully this causes some uh, some guys yeah. to go. Hmm, I wonder about this. I yeah, disagree and, with it. If or... you completely disagree with it, yeah. let us know, please. I want to hear yeah, some feedback. Give us some feedback. Yes. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network. Using. <laughs> I love trying to make this as official as that possible. sounds really great. <laughs> Using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. Find out more and to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com and subscribe to the newsletter there to stay up to date on the latest of all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to contact us and to leave feedback. Send us an email at 
to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And uh, don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. So thank you so much for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right, God bless you guys. This has been Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com.